Hey, how goes it? Ken Bozak here to talk about Bitcoin and Bitcoin accessories. And today I'm with my bro, bro, Mike Olaf. Uh, Olaf. I'm just going to say Olaf, bro. I'm going to fucking butcher. <laughs> Look, it's my bro, Mike. He's a Canadian and he's the bro behind coincards.com. Uh, Mike, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? I guess uh, maybe a little start with like, um, you know, who you are, how you got into crypto and what you're doing with coin coincards.com. Yeah, so my name is Mike Oltoff. Um, I've been in crypto since about 2013. Um, discovered it after going to a local meetup here in Vancouver. Um, just kind of blew my mind. I think I was probably the only person there that was just like, whoa, this is awesome. Everybody else was kind of like, well, this is bullshit. <laughs> um, so I, I know I was invited down to D-Control at the time. Um, oh, D-Control, D -control, yeah. Yeah, so I went down to D-Control, started meeting people there, got really, uh, really behind Bitcoin, and just uh, wanted to get into the merchant adoption side of it. At the time, BitPay was the only person actually doing merchant adoption. Um, but Vancouver actually had their own little um, co-op that we went out to merchants and we'd approach them and be like, hey, you guys want to accept Bitcoin? Pretty much nobody was like, yeah. They were just like, no, I don't want to accept What year Bitcoin. was this? 2013, 2014. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so nobody wanted to take it. So then I kind of had the idea of after using, I think it was Gift at the time. Yeah, I remember times. those. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this doesn't exist in Canada. So I'm going to bring this to Canada. Um, and that's kind of how we started in 2014. Yeah. So um, yeah, I've been doing it since 2014. Uh, we're a Bitcoin to gift card exchange service. We have gift cards, prepaid top ups, uh, prepaid vouchers. Pretty much anything you can think of you can get through us gas groceries food restaurants uber yeah tim timmy hortons yeah tim hortons and <laughs> starbucks and starbucks <laughs> yeah guys Buy your coffee with bitcoin yeah no seriously that's where it starts right i mean like mass adoption starts with you walk with merchant adoption really with you walking in and saying do you accept my form of currency and when the stores keep getting that request and seeing the money walk out the door it starts to incentivize them and next thing you know they're accepting the currency now they have it they could either do uh goods and services with other businesses with suppliers or even pay their employees who then become other customers and you know that's the i guess the first domino really in mass adoption yeah definitely i think you know starting the circular economy is important and it starts with merchants accepting it yeah everybody wants to go to the big dogs and you know it has to be like uh warren buffett invest in bitcoin oh we have mass adoption i'm like nah when the mom and pop shops prefer bitcoin over visa three percent transaction fees three to five days pending chargebacks and every fucking thing else that's wrong with the current system that's mass adoption starting not the, it doesn't start at the top. This is a bottom-up movement, and it's the only way it can move forward. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I guess with the coin cards, uh, I wanted to kind of touch on some of the you know business sides since you have a really interesting and unique perspective. Is like how does it kind of get put together? Really, like when I go to buy a, a Starbucks gift card, or you know if I'm in Canada, I want a Tim Hortons gift card, and I send Bitcoin to Coin Cards to buy the gift card. What's really happening in the background, and uh, what was like that legwork and process like putting it together? Yeah, so I mean, when we started, it was 100% manual. It was just me behind the computer being like, okay, this guy's gonna send me Bitcoin, I'm gonna go and buy him Fuck a card. That. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. So you're or, OTC and gift card basically for Bitcoin. Yeah, pretty much. And you know, there's actually some cards we still do that with. 
Um, but as we've grown, we found that we've been able to approach a lot of these merchants and actually get them on board and get them tapped into APIs. Congrats. So say like Amazon, we have an actual partnership with Amazon. We are an official reseller of Amazon. We're not going through some you know, third party gift card company that's buying theirs from somebody else. And you know, we actually have an API with them and we have an agreement in place and you know. So are those like conversations get. similar to those with banks when you're involved with cryptocurrency? Are companies kind of turned off or is it more of a turn on? What's the attraction level? Because I know if you mention, hey bank, I'm a business and I need a bank to pay my employees. We do coin cards and they're like, oh, coin, Bitcoin, sorry. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so I'd say retailers are a lot more open to it. So the process that I've noticed is basically the retailer gets excited. They're like, yeah, you want to sell our product? Sure, that's cool. Um, and then it gets hit to the legal department and the legal department's like, hey, hold on, we got to research this a bit more. Um, but they've, for the most part, most companies have been pretty good about it. Um, they see it right now just as a way to increase their sales. Yeah, exactly. It's just like accepting, you know, American Express or a diner club card, you know, when it wasn't as massively adopted by customers. It was the merchants who had that uh, opportunity, right? Like, what's our niche? Where can we get one step ahead of the competition? And it was just accepting a form of currency or transaction of currency you know the uh the diner club card wasn't popularly used until more places really started accepting it and then more people started getting interested and uh it, it's yeah it's definitely uh one hand washes the other effect for sure uh so i you know congrats on going uh you know worldwide i know coin cards was uh canadian based and run and uh operated and everything for a while now you're running it from canada but it's a worldwide co company so congrats on that man what what i want i'm not to be rude but like what took so long yeah so it, it was regulations um Fuck it regulations was man yeah it, so in canada we kind of knew what we were doing um, expanding into the U.S. took a lot more. Just kind of figuring out where we could, where we could go, what we could do. Um, so you'll notice that our U.S. site is actually a lot more locked down than our Canadian site. You can only spend up to 2K a day uh -huh. um, in the states, but in Canada you can spend almost up to 10,000 a day. Um, That's a baller. Yeah, but I mean, you should still be able to get by with 2K a day and gift cards. Yeah, no, I <laughs> well, mean, uh... most people can. <laughs> <laughs> so um I, I wanted to bring oh we had a giveaway here i wanted to bring up the website here so this is what the website looks like for everybody and as you can see it's north america europe south america africa asia australia everything here and uh we did a tweet i did a giveaway i drew the winner and here's the winner right here so it looks like it's uh tta kringer uh, so Kringer, uh, uh, Otto, you, you won, bro, bro. Send me a DM or I'll send you a DM after the live stream, but you won a hundred dollars, uh, in Bitcoin basically through coincards.com and credits. So reach out to Mike or, uh, reach out to me or, uh, we'll start a group chat, but congratulations, bro. That's awesome. And thanks Mike for, uh, helping me do the giveaway. It's always yeah, fun, no uh, you know, getting, getting people uh you know engaged and uh more interactive and with these on ramps too it's really important like you see a lot of these uh shitcoin projects you know like coin cards doesn't have a shitcoin to go with it so it's like you kind of get put on the back burner of the attention of you know content creators influencers blah 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 x y and z 
but it's platforms like yours that are going to help that set that first domino up of mass adoption. So uh, I think it's just you know awesome to help send people to there so they can see what they can do with Bitcoin. You know how many people I said, do you know what Bitcoin is? And they're like, it's a crypto, but what can you do with it? And I'm like, well, coincards.com, you can get coffee. I don't fucking like. Yeah, exactly. It's money. Yeah. And I mean, the, the good part about our service too is we're interacting directly with those merchants as well. So, you know, they see the volumes, they get to see how crypto is starting to increase in volume and how things are moving. Um, and you know, if you don't want to spend two bucks in transaction fees on a coffee, you buy a $50 gift card because you know throughout the month you're gonna buy 10 coffees. So you're paying, you know, $2 in transaction fees for 10 coffees, not one. Yeah, you know what, this might be an interesting conversation to have with you, man, because I've had this thought for a while that basically gift cards are legacy shit coins. I can't, I can't fucking use my Starbucks gift card at Tim Hortons. I can't send this shit coin to that shit coin address. It's like the same shit. You're just, you're taking USD and you're basically burning it and you're getting stuck with this shit coin that only works at this one platform, Starbucks. So like it's yeah, the, pretty much. the OG shit coin. Yeah. Actually, Canada has had a, a shit coin for a long time. I know. The Canadian dollar tire. Yeah, that's... The Canadian tire dollar, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's yeah. out of uh, Alberta, right? Or Quebec or something? Where's no, that? no, no. This, this is a nationwide company. They've had their own dollar um, for, I don't know, as long as I've been alive. I think I heard about it when I was in Alberta then at the Stampede. Somebody mentioned it to me. I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. And it's not even like crypto or anything. It's just a digital token that they just... They just accept. It's like almost like a, a Good Samaritan coupon, right? Something like that. Like um, you might be thinking of a Calgary dollar. Cal- that's what I was thinking of. Thank you. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, that's what no, it was. The, no, this one's the Canadian Tire dollar. How many random shit coins does Canada have? And <laughs> well, to mention- this one's like paper. This one's like old school. Oh, like, Monopoly money. Yeah, like everybody's got probably a stack in their drawer at home. That's funny, dude. That's yeah. crazy. And you know, Canada does have a few now because there's the one you mentioned, there's the Calgary dollar, and then uh, buns, which is kind of like a Canadian shitcoin in a sense. It's not really a cryptocurrency, but it is widely accepted. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just yeah. curious, like, what are your, have you ever, like, well, you know, I think, engaged I think with that's them? more in the, I, I haven't. Um, I think that's more in the Toronto area. I don't, I've never heard of that over here in Vancouver, actually, being okay. accepted. Um, but yeah, I know there's definitely that. There's other ones I've heard of the barter dollar and just like, I don't know, a bunch of weird shit. <laughs> Everybody has their own one that kind of pops up every once in a while. Well, speaking of random shit coins, what kind of uh, cryptocurrencies could people use with coincards.com to get gift cards? Yeah, so we accept Bitcoin, obviously. Um, we were one of the first ones to take the Lightning Network. Oh, um, nice. Respect. Yeah, like... Our node, I think, was at the time number like 200 on the network, um, which was back in like 2018. Um, we take Litecoin, Dash, and Dogecoin. Nice. Yeah, of course, the Doji. <laughs> of course, Doge. Which one's the um, most used? Do you uh, have any stats or anything? Like, not to pull up, you know, anything accurate, but like off, you know, like the head. Do you think like, you know, is Bitcoin more used than Dogecoin or... Yeah, I mean, uh, Bitcoin obviously takes the gig. They've got, I think, I was actually just working on this report earlier. Um, 92% of our volume is Bitcoin. Nice. Is it Lightning, though? Is it Lightning, though? No, actually, Lightning has gone down in usage (laughs) over the last couple months. I can see that. I'm I'm a big proponent of Lightning. I love Lightning. (laughs) 
Um, I don't like to see stats like that, but it's just not being used as much as people are saying it is sometimes. It's UI and UX balance, uh, balance disproportion, man. Like it's just not user friendly, right? And it's not prominent in enough wallets. I'd love to put more pressure on the wallets that are out there that make a lot of money off of transaction fees they skim or they do a lot of arbitrage rounding up. Uh, you know, these wallets do make fucking money. They ain't out, they ain't charities. You know, these wallets are not charities and I would love to see them forced into, you know, incorporating lightning into these wallets more, you know, shout out to, uh, what is that blue wallet? They're probably one of the best. I, I've, I think that's the one I use. Yeah, definitely. Um, blue wallet. We actually did a tutorial on how to spend, um, lightning network funds with blue wallet on coin cards. So what would some of the risks be? What's turning people off? Like what's a deterrent from using the lightning network to shop with Bitcoin on coincards.com? You know what? That's a good question. Um, I think it's just too new. I think it's just something that people don't want to explore yet. Um, they've heard all these things about getting your funds locked in channels, not being able to use them. Has that happened with any of your customers that have attempted to use the network? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, channels can be forced closed, but it takes a while. And I don't, I haven't seen anybody actually lose funds on any forced closed channels. Um, yeah, everybody that has used Lightning Network on our service has had just great reviews about it. Awesome, man. Um, that's, that's good to know. That's confident yeah. building. The good thing is, too, when you use Lightning, your payment is settled instantly. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that yeah. time period where that channel could force close or do any harm, uh, it's really small if you're closing the uh, the channel after or you know your transaction. A lot of people, yeah. a lot of people will keep it, you know, in the Lightning channel, uh, in their wallet, and in my opinion, that's more like kind of right now at the time leaving your crypto on an exchange. It's not the same. It, it is and isn't. Uh, but you know, right now, I don't see any reason to leave too much, you know, satoshis in a Lightning uh, wallet just because it's like having too much cash, you know, in my back pocket. I could go to yeah. my I could go to my, you know, safe and grab some cash and then put it in my pocket when I'm done shopping, take it out of my pocket and put it back in the safe. And that's kind of moving around, you know, crypto. And I know the transactions of things there's, you know, kind of a deterrent right now, but that's a privileged perspective. Well, I think the opening and closing channels cost you money. So that's kind of a something people don't want to do either, yeah but, right? so, but the permissionlessness aspect over overweighs that that fee right like i said if the fee is what's turning you away then that's a privileged problem you're, you're yeah. lucky to have that be the reason why you ain't using it some people have no choice like if i wanted to buy a comic book uh that was you know a digital comic book from north korea I can't really do that. Visa's not going to help me. PayPal's not going to help me. Uh, I can't really use USPS to put some cash in an envelope. Like, I I want to pay this artist for their content, and I want to get the content, but I can't do a, a, a simple transaction, you know, with somebody because they're in North Korea. So I could use, you know, Lightning or Bitcoin, and that's kind of like the reasons I see behind it. It's like I could send 25 cents to somebody anywhere in the world or a nickel or whatever, and the transaction fee outweighs anything, and especially when I look at the possibilities of like charities and things like that, instead of giving a dollar to the Red Cross and a penny actually going to the cause, you know, these lightning channels could, you know, potentially have these uh, smart contracts built in to where you're just donating a small amount of Satoshis, you know, so I don't know, it's going to be really cool. Yeah, definitely. 
So what's next on your uh, to-do list with coin cards, man, now that you're worldwide, bro? Um, well, I mean, we launched in the States, not 100% worldwide yet. Well, it's, um, it says here, you know, North America, <laughs> Africa, Asia. Oh, no locations. My bad. I didn't even yeah. see it. My <laughs> screen, I have it really small on the screen so I could fit everything on here. Yeah, so I think next will probably be either Europe or um, Great Britain. Um, so we're going to probably do some little bit of exploring to see where, where our service is wanted most. Um, and then kind of move there and just kind of deal with all the regulation stuff as we go. I think yeah, it's going to just... get tougher over there with the regulations. I mean, with uh, everything from Brexit to every, I mean, damn, dude, they're not having a good economic time. Yeah, probably not. Um, you know, that's the thing that every country has their own rules and regulations. So it's kind of hard for us to like, just kind of launch everywhere at once because it's like, okay, well, we got to deal with these guys. We got to deal with these guys. You know. I mean, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying like VPNs work. That's all. Yeah. I mean, that's why a lot of companies will just say, oh, you're in the US, bye. Like, that's it. There is no option. But then you could just easily run a VPN and engage with the platform. And it's not really the platform that's really in any kind of trouble as far as I'm, I know. Uh, they did everything as far as their due diligence goes. It's just, uh, unfortunately, with the way the U.S. regulates things, People are going to it's it's going to be a weird, awkward moment for like Bitcoin prohibition where people are going to be having to break these awkward, small laws until the groups of people that are going against them is larger than the uh, amount that they can contain and control. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree with that. Um, you know, I, I always get the, the comment, too, that like, oh, I can't use Bitcoin to spend my money because I'm going to get taxed on it. No, oh, fuck. you man. know, IRS is going to you know, want all this report. I say give them the report, make it as hard for the government as possible to use your Bitcoin so that they can loosen up the laws. You know, people are basically bending over because they're just like, oh, I don't want to do, you know, comply with these laws right now. I don't want to have to submit a 500 page tax report. I say, fuck, get everybody to submit a 500 page tax report and see how quickly that law changes. Right, exactly. And that's how I feel about similar things like fishing license and, uh, Stuff like that. Like, I don't feel like that. those, I mean, I see the reason why, but I don't feel like they should be in an existence. We could self-regulate that shit. But, like, you know, it's illegal to be homeless. You, you're, you're loitering if you're fucking sleeping in the woods, right? You're loitering. And if you wanted to feed yourself, like I said, with fishing or even hunting deer, like, you have to pay for that permission. And uh, that, that's just simple things. Like, you, how can you live freely if mm -hmm. those things are illegal, you know, without paying for permission. And then they're going to try to regulate this stuff. But the best part is this technology will never conform. And as long as the people that, you know, are pushed into a corner are aware of this option, you know, plan B, Bitcoin, they're already against the fucking wall. There's no other recourse. You know, they're already like, well, what's the worst that could happen? They already seized my bank account. You know, they already foreclosed, you know, my accounts and they took my house and, uh, what what's the worst that could happen? So they're going to start to try to hide their wealth in crypto as well. And that's going to be a bottom-up scenario. Yeah. Now, a lot of these banks are just screwing over the little guy over and over and over that, like, you know, I, I've seen the fires where people run from, like, Wells Fargo to PNC, from PNC to, like, fucking, uh, I don't know, 
Susquehanna to the next one and they just keep going from one bank to another because it keeps you know something keeps happening there's bridges keep getting burnt but they're gonna realize they're all the same bank you know and there's, yeah exactly you're not getting anything from them by giving them your money they're taking your direct deposit and they're charging your next door neighbor 30 percent to take a loan and they're giving you 0.01 percent off that loan that they charge your neighbor to take like your neighbor needs surgery to live and the bank charges your neighbor to use your money and gives you nothing for it you know and this is where we're going to see this technology really get adopted with smart when smart contracts i think in my opinion when we get smart contracts that are you know more charity based more uh more like bounty based like uh do this, do that, or uh, I think more peer-to-peer -peer credit and stuff. Like, fuck your FICO score. You got street rep? Like, I got enough followers on Twitter that somebody will let me borrow some crypto. You know, that's my <laughs> yeah. credit. I got street cred. So, like, who cares about fucking FICO score or what the bank says my credit score is? You know? Yeah, and exactly. uh, that's, that's, I don't know, my two cents. My two sats. Yeah, that's 100% true. I believe everywhere to that. I'm, I'm super anti-bank. I hated banks for a long time. Yeah, dude, banks are yeah. so obsolete. The only reason they exist is because they have lobbied their ways into uh, legislation that makes it illegal in other ways to not do business without them. Like, you can't just pay your employee in cash. It's fucking illegal. Uh, you can't do it. You have to write a check. It has to go through the proper channels. Otherwise, these people would be obsolete. We don't need them anymore. We could use PayPal for payroll. Who needs a bank? I got Venmo yeah. now, like Bitcoin. Who we get all these things that could replace them? They're Blockbuster, but with better lobbyists. Yeah. I mean, imagine if Blockbuster was in charge of streaming laws. Yeah, they would have just locked it down. Right. Exactly. That's yeah. what the banks are doing with money remittance and transmit and transactions. It's just they get to control the uh, the narrative and keep themselves relevant. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's why we see JP Morgan coming out with their own shit coin to experiment with and uh, other banks being inspired now and uh, fucking social media platforms like Facebook are trying to make their own currencies. These digital uh, nations, these digital nations will be built and they are being built and Bitcoin has the... Uh, the biggest army, you know, a lot of people look at the, the U.S. and China and compare size of armies and X, Y and with the, the tech. Bitcoin has the best military, the biggest and the best technology, best weapons, Bitcoin and anything any other nation shitcoin does. Bitcoin can incorporate it. If it is an open source, somebody will leak it. Bitcoin core devs will incorporate it. You can't sue the blockchain. There's no yeah. there's no copyright in blockchain. It doesn't work. It doesn't even exist anymore. That's that's irrelevant terminology that like no longer stands to hold any ground when moving forward. Um, but I, I kind of like, let's move on to a different note here. Hey, uh, I just wanted to say, hey, what's up, everybody? Brother David, much appreciated. Hey, Samir, dude. You never shared about Blue Wallet? Oh, I should do that. I definitely should do that. Bitcoin Jake, thanks for stopping by and wake up. Hello. Uh, dude, I wanted to talk a little bit about the vibe in Canada and crypto right now, man, because uh, it seems that Canada's kind of leading the way. It, like, you know, they're, they're more upfront, uh, you know, when it comes to the government stance on it and the taxation and everything. In the U.S., we have four different 
governments calling it four different things from an asset class to a currency to fucking magic that doesn't really i don't know but they they don't know what to call it they don't know what how to look at it so in canada you know i think it's just uh it seems to be more of an incentive to like you're not looking to move out of canada but a lot of companies in the u.s are looking to get the hell out of here at least the crypto ones so what's what's the vibe up there right now in canada like with crypto yeah, I don't know, man. Portugal's looking pretty nice right now with their new laws. Yeah, what's up with them? I haven't been uh, on the pulse. Um, I think they just declared that Bitcoin and Bitcoin-related income is going to be tax-free. So all the trading and everything, just 100% tax-free. So that's pretty nice. Okay, um, that just made every. I've dreamed of of Bitcoin replacing income tax because governments would just be mining and every transaction would be taxed there goes the tax that they would use. Like they don't need to tax it because when you move it, they get some of it because they're just, it just makes sense. They're going to get more involved. They're going to figure out how to run nodes. They're going to figure out how to stake and they're going to figure out how to uh, participate in this new er error economy. Yeah, Uh, they're pretty progressive, I think, with that. I think they just basically want everybody to come there all the crypto rich people and just be like, hey, let's set up shop in Portugal right now. That's the paradigm shift though, right? Like I said, bottom up, you know, it's uh, risk reward. It's first mover advantage. You know, a lot of these uh, big blockbuster, I love analogies, sorry everybody. But like blockbuster was way too big to evolve. They could not have evolved into Netflix if Netflix would have given them the fucking blueprints on a silver platter. They were too big to evolve at the speed they needed to to keep up with the technology. America, China, Russia, all these first world countries, too fucking big. They're already solidified in the, their ways. Uh, this is like uh, the example with like Africa and skipping landlines. You're not going to see too many fucking telephone poles in Africa because they all use cell phones. There was no need for landlines by the time the technology hit the, their, their, uh, their peripheral. And with these first world uh, countries, they just don't have the time, the means, the resources to kind of incorporate it. And then the risk reward ratio, we're like Blockbuster was already making money. The U.S. is already good. We, we keep making debt, which is making money. We're good. But uh, these other countries, they're pushed into that corner, that wall I was talking about where they see this plan B and they go, well, what's the fuck? What's the worst that could happen? We're already fucked. And that's the paradigm shift is like, you know, we see the very bottom now become the top. And if you take that perspective and zoom out and you look at people and and uh, areas, even, you know, uh, states, cities, countries that uh, come into wealth from those those hard times, there's there's a lot more of that trickle down economy effect. You know, there's a lot more charitable giving, a lot more uh, community back giving back and things like that when you see people that had to cut the last slice of pizza in the three to, you know, feed the kids like that's it, from that small hardship comes a big heart. And we're going to see that happen with these ba- these little countries becoming these new world leaders, especially with this technology. I mean, if these countries start to buy crypto like Bitcoin in troves and then the U.S. and Russia and China decide to, that's it. They increase the investment of that nation previously purchasing that asset. Same reason why you'll never see uh, Mark Zuckerberg buy a Bitcoin, because he'd make the Winklevoss twins more money. He can't buy a Bitcoin. If he buys one fucking Bitcoin, he gives value to 
the Winklevoss twins, and he can't keep up with them. If he bought the same amount of Bitcoin that they have, he's not going to make the same amount of profits. He can't keep up. So that's the same problem. We're gonna, that's why we're seeing J.P. Morgan and these other banks compete with things like Ripple. They, they just they, they, there's going to be so many of these things popping up, but I believe the bottleneck will go right into uh, Bitcoin a lot sooner than later. Yeah, I definitely think so too. Yeah, sorry for yeah. that rant. <laughs> no, it's okay. But um, yeah, up in Canada, um, we've got some new laws coming into place. I think next June um, is like the final. They're published. Their laws. Um, yeah, and they're they basically taking crypto and defined it and defined what you can and can't do with it, um, where you can transact with it, how much you can transact, where you need to like become a regulated entity. They've done a pretty good job with telling us what we can and can't do. Um, not everybody agrees with their definitions and, you know, <laughs> the limits that they put in place, but we'll see how, how that goes. Well, I guess it really comes down to what's the recourse, right? Like, what's the what are they going to do if you go against what they say? And is it worth it or not to risk it? You know, a lot of companies still accept cash under the table and don't report it. You go to get a tattoo or most bars or, you know, small businesses. You go in and be like, uh, hey, if I give you cash, you think we can forget about that tax? I, I got $20 even. And a lot of the times you say here and put it right in their pocket. Like, and that's the, that's the same concept I see with regulations around Bitcoin. They may say, oh, you can't accept Bitcoin. Bitcoin, motherfucker, if I walk in and say I got some Bitcoin and I need to buy something, you're going to fucking take my money. Like, don't act like it matters what the government says. <laughs> it hasn't mattered before. Yeah, it doesn't matter now. And it's not going to matter much later as long as it's that back against the wall scenario, these risk reward situations. And it says it's always the small businesses or the, the underdog that has to take those risks. And uh, if you look at Bitcoin's underdogs, man. <laughs> they're, they're fucking super now dude like look at like charlie shrem roger fucking vitalik like all these people that you would have looked at 10 years ago as total underdogs and especially in crypto now you know where they're at so the underdogs just keep getting higher and higher up there's more come in yeah so where do you see yourself, man, and, and uh, the space and everything going moving forward? Like uh, in a mass uh, mainstream mass adoption world, like where is coin cards? Obsolete. Ooh, I want to be obsolete. Shit. Damn. Yeah. The truth. Yeah, I want to be obsolete. I don't want to have to exist. The day we can say that all these merchants that we have accept Bitcoin directly, there is no need for us. That's beautiful. That yeah. Beautiful. Like that's that's just where I want to be. That's a good world. Yeah, no, and it makes sense. I mean, it just uh, you know, especially when you start to look at things like atomic swaps. A lot of people don't really have that on their peripheral, but the more we move towards this world of atomic swaps and lightning channels and everything, I mean, uh, what Rootstock's doing, you'll be able to launch your own ICO on Bitcoin's blockchain soon. <laughs> Yeah, I see that's a dirty word, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, uh, it's not fair. I don't like when things ruin terminologies for everything. <laughs> it's funny, though. And it doesn't always happen negatively or anything like that. But there are things where, like, words totally now have new meanings and it ruins it. Not ruins it, but it, like, changes the context. Like, if I was wearing a rainbow t-shirt right now, it'd be like, oh, gay pride. Ten years ago, Irish pride. <laughs> it's, just, it's like things change.
<laughs> but ICOs, I feel like they could be redeemed, man. I feel like ICOs can come back. Uh, I don't think they'll be. I don't think they'll be uh, regulated or anything because of that sense. Like uh, the most successful projects will probably be the ones going against the regulations anyway. Like traders and investors don't give a shit. You know, in hindsight, if you're breaking any laws, you could look at you know every company that's made any money doing an ICO. Nobody cared if they were doing it legally or not. They just wanted to trade it. So I, I think that these regulations are just going to tie the hands behind the backs of you know the legit companies and make it impossible for them to incorporate the technology into their companies and platforms and move up. You know, the, the more they strangle these companies with uh, regulations, the less they can do with it, which means the criminals are the only ones that get to evolve <laughs> and adopt it. Look at piracy. Piracy has done so much for social media and streaming technology, period. Period. Piracy. I was streaming shit on the internet before Netflix existed because you couldn't download four gig Blu-ray files. So people would just found a way to stream torrent files. The file that brings in little pieces in random order, you could stream that shit. I did that years yeah. ago, and it was thanks popcorn to piracy. Time. Yes! Wow, bro. Yeah, popcorn. That was a popular iOS app, man, uh, back in the day when you could get it without having to yeah. jailbreak. It was really popular. Yeah, totally. Then, and I think, you know, I think actually Netflix did a lot to get rid of piracy, but I see it coming back. Um, well, you know, they, as, there was a the different form of piracy. You would just do uh, user sharing. Yeah, but I think, you know, people started to be like, okay, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to sit there and download all these torrents? Or am I going to pay like 10 bucks a month and just get pretty much every movie that I would want anyways? But now I think when you get, when you see the split on the like Hulu, Disney Plus, and like CBS All Access, now you got to pay more than you were paying for cable to have all these different streaming services. I think you're going to see a shift back to piracy in the next couple of years. All right, I got some comments. Wake up once me. Can we call into the show? Uh, no, fuck that. Uh, Kenny, I know you loved BitConnect, but that was short-lived. Yeah, man, I miss BitConnect, man. We need to get BitConnect to come back. That way Bitcoin can moon again. Uh, I think that if BitConnect were to come back and do a BitConnect 2.0, we would see a $40,000 Bitcoin the next day. Uh, cloud token wallet is the new way to make money on your crypto while holding. I, mm, yes and no. I think peer-to-peer -peer loaning, uh, things more like Celsius network or like what, uh, what's Uphold doing with theirs? Um, there's, there's a few now, but peer-to-peer -peer loaning, like I was talking about, like the, the new credit, the new era credit score. I think that's where a lot of people are going to make more money off of hodling Bitcoin. Because right now, a lot of the people that, you know, I, I, you probably get this too. When you talk to investors about Bitcoin, you know, you're like, oh, it appreciates in value over time, blah, blah, blah. But they're like, well, how does it, you know, make money just sitting there? Like, I have money, but my money makes money by being money sitting here. So now you have Bitcoin. What do you do with it? Well, Poloniex used to have a 2% two-day reoccurring interest on your loans uh, with no KYC. Boy, do I miss that. But, you know, now you can go to like Salt or uh, what is the other one? Celsius or I know Uphold has one. I can't remember it right now. But there's so many different ways to just hold Bitcoin and earn more Bitcoin just yeah. by holding it. I think we've got one in Canada called Lend. Um, those guys are pretty good. Yeah, I met Lend actually. I think actually a futurist. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, there's a lot of a lot of ways, and as these 
things pop up, you know, there's more incentives for even the, the odd investors, people that already invest in oddities, the weird things. There's a very small percentage of, you know, big investors that invest in little, small, odd things. And Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies are still not even on their radar yet. Not even yeah. on their radar yet. We get 1% to 3% of the people that already invest in weird shit, like random shit, like fucking the guy who invested in Furbies. That guy, when they start investing in Bitcoin, we're in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they need they need to have more ways than just holding Bitcoin and saying, oh, their Bitcoin made 1% or lost 10% or whatever. Like they need, they, their money needs to go to work. And that's what yeah. we need for Bitcoin. Bitcoin needs to be able to go to work. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, do, do you see any uses for like things like cloud wallets or things like that instead of like, because uh, I know that this Samsung uh, one and there's other there's other things now that are uh, Coinbase is even doing it now where you can like back up things into a cloud and stuff. I don't know. Just like what are your thoughts on, you know, storing your keys in an encrypted cloud? Because no, no, man, I wouldn't store anything in an encrypted cloud. Um I still think there's a way to for Google to penetrate it or I don't know. Well, they built just, the encryption, so it makes well, sense. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, the U.S. government is probably at some point going to be like, hey, I want to backdoor into that. I want well, to be Not even to... if it's the U.S. government. What if it's one of the Google employees that says, here's a, well, yeah. a here's a protocol. Sweep anything that looks like a private key. Yeah, well, look at, um, was it the Capital One hack? It was like an Amazon employee. She just basically went into their AWS instance and started hacking shit. Like... There's always going to be some sort of backdoor that I don't know. I just I don't trust anybody. Yeah, I don't I don't not to dox myself too hard with like my securities and stuff. Uh, what's the word? I don't think dox is the right word. What's the word? Oh, man, why am I brain farting on it? Uh, whatever, it'll come to me eventually. But um, yeah, I uh, I I use the broken up private key method you know you just break it up into three pieces the shamir sharing secret yeah there you go yeah Yeah. i think that's a pretty solid um method and actually trezor just released um their own like um method of doing it with the trezor so you could have Um, multiple treasures right well no this is actually it splits your trezor key into multiple shares but then you can split those shares into multiple shares as well. Oh, shit. Yeah, like they've gone pretty deep into it. Um, Treasure was one of my favorite hardware wallets. They they had the uh, the dummy wallet. You know, if you put in a different password than your main password, it just opens a dummy account. Yeah, exactly. And I think they've incorporated that into the Shamir sharing secret too. So like you can put everything together, but then if you still use a fake like 25th word or something, It'll just have a completely fake account. People will be like, well, this isn't true. That's yeah, dude. They're always yeah. on top of things over there. Yeah, I, I think they're they're doing some pretty cool stuff. And I'm gonna probably go into that Shamir Shamir sharing secret a bit more. Um, we're gonna do a presentation on it in Vancouver. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah dude, these are the th- and you know what's an interesting <laughs> thing I don't think people cover, and that's really awesome that you're covering that because a lot of projects, companies, speakers, everything, they skip over a lot of the personal responsibility that is put on the people when being your own bank. 
a lot of people are like, oh, I'll be your own bank. I got money under my mattress. Well, what's that mean? Well, I hope your house doesn't catch on fire pretty much. Like, I hope you know what the responsibilities are now because the bank had a security guard. The bank had a fireproof vault. Like, the bank had insurance. Like, there's a lot of things now that are kind of on your shoulder. And uh, have you played around much with dead man switches? Because no wallet that I use, none, I have no wallet that I can use in a mainstream way that has a built-in dead man switch. That if I were to lose my private key or lose access to that wallet, a protocol over time would trigger and it would send those funds from the lost wallet to uh, maybe a backup wallet, maybe my lawyer's wallet or my accountant's wallet. So if I lose access to my wallet 90 days after an activity, dead man switch it goes over to the next wallet. So it just, some of those things nobody really touches on. Have you ever played around with that? See, I don't, again, I don't trust anybody. So I don't think I'd trust that functionality in a wallet because I just feel like they'd be like, oh yeah, it just went to this address. You put this address in, but one of their wallet addresses. Well, that would, it would be a contract. So it would be immutable once you've entered it. It would, you know, it wouldn't. See, I would, I would rather have a dead man switch that tells somebody how to go get my crypto. Ooh. Like yeah. a Da Vinci Code uh, maze or an Easter <laughs> well, egg. Well, yeah, even just an email that shoots out to them and like, hey, Mike's probably dead. Go find his crypto this way. <laughs> <laughs> See, now me, I, I people, I people have like said to me that they've like backed up their private keys in an email. Like uh, oh. I think the Exodus wallet on your computer or whatever it it, it uh, suggests that you back up your private keys by sending yourself them in an encrypted email. I'm like, well, Google email or whatever email, Yahoo, whatever you're using now has your keys. I'm not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No. I, do I worry about third party keyboards in general or like the keyboard on my phone? I, it terrifies me. Like I talked to John McAfee about this uh, in the uh, in Spain. We were we were at the bar and I was like, I was, I was like, dude, I know like you get drunk and fucked up a lot, but you have a lot of typos and like, you just, why? And he was like, well, I don't use autocorrect. I don't use predictive text and I don't use third party keyboards because they log everything. And I'm just like, damn, dude, my tinfoil hat just got a little bit tighter. So like thinking about the times I've recovered a private key on my phone to pair a wallet skeeves me out, dude. It feels like unprotected sex through a glory hole. I just, ugh, because now I don't know if this keyboard has logged that phrase and now it's somewhere in the background of the cache date of my keyboard, it's sent out a bug report and now my private keys are in some server somewhere. Yeah, no, that's crazy. I never even thought of that. Yeah, so pairing wallets terrifies me, man. I fucking hate it. I hate pairing wallets. I don't like to do it. I, I just don't, I, I don't know, it's just... It bugs me out a lot, and it's for no real reason. It's not like I have 50 Bitcoins sitting in every wallet I use, but even if you only have a couple Satoshis, if Bitcoin were to go to the uh, expected McAfee dick-eating price of a million dollars, you may become a honeypot just because of a couple Satoshis and a screenshot you tweet it. I mean, look at Ian yeah. Bellina. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, be safe, foo, guys. Be safe, foo. As uh, I think as the price goes up, the honeypots are going to get bigger and you know, more people are going to attack you. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And uh, the wrench method has been implemented now more than ever. So just be really careful, guys. Like people well, aren't spending time to attack and hack you as much as they are just threatening you in person. Well, even look at sim swapping in the crypto space. Like that's gotten out of control. 
Yeah, that um, was really rampant a year ago. AT&T did nothing to fucking help that. Yeah, well, even Jack got sim swapped like a couple days ago. I know, his Twitter got... <laughs> oh, my God. Jack's Nobody's account saying. got hacked. Bitcoin never gets hacked. Short Twitter, long Bitcoin. <laughs> Oh, wow. Brother David and Wake Up are going at it in the chat. Hey, Identity Block, do me a favor. Here, I'm going to make you a moderator. <laughs> since since you're the one uh, neutral over here, you're going to become a moderator. Identity Block, moderate the chat. Thank you. <laughs> Who's this one, too? Do you even own any crypto? <laughs> uh, I don't know, but he's trying. I think he's showing this cloud token is the only wallet. Cloud token. Sounds like a scam. Hey, wake up. Uh, you should schedule a podcast and come on the show and we could talk about cloud token. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, calendarly.com slash Ken Bozak with two N's and uh, you can come on the podcast and shill. But until then, I'm just going to put you in timeout. You're in timeout. Tisk tisk, my friend. So, uh, what's what's in what's in like the uh, the news right now in crypto? What's got your your attention with things happening? Um, not too much actually. I'm kind of hanging out in crypto Twitter, and I I think I'm pissing off a lot of maximalists lately. <laughs> Maximalism is such a uh, I've been blocked by a quite a few of them lately. It's a hypocritical stance in its own right. It's like an anarchist that hates other anarchists or something like. Well, you... that's the thing. I'm I'm a total Bitcoin maximalist, but they all hate me <laughs> because I just challenge some of their views. Like, and they're just like, "No, that's not right." Blocked. Right, right. Well, I like the the whole thing. Like, it's like, oh, you know, Bitcoin. Uh, it's an option. It's a you know this that. It's. Uh, it's not, you know, like fiat, it's not mandatory. No one's forcing anybody to use it, this, that. And then it's like, well, if you use anything but Bitcoin, ah, I'm like, well, wow, your self-governance is not much better than fiat's governments. It fixes everything. Bitcoin fixes everything. You just sprinkle some big, oh, you broke your leg? Sprinkle some Satoshis on it. It'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Just just dip it in the blockchain. You'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I think crypto is just plugging along as it needs to be um you know the price has been decently stable lately considering um, all things considering yes yeah um i don't know i i like times of stability i think it's you know a good way to show people that it can be stable and it could have some value in it i'm the opposite um, I, I i appreciate volatility even in yeah. in any direction i appreciate volatility because stability isn't real it's it's not a reality. It's not part of reality. It's just like time or love. It's it's a word that we made up to try to justify something, but it's stable doesn't stability isn't a thing. Volatility is the only true constant, and to see a currency truly be volatile uh, for the first time ever like this, I think will give people the first a, a real good awakening of how money and currency can be. Uh, you know, instead of having that, if I don't spend my paycheck now and if I put it in the bank for three months, it may lose interest or lose value. And now I, I get less purchasing power. That mentality will change over time. People will become more frugal and you'll see less gluttony, you know, like less, you know, um, uh, I would say 
just uh, frivolous spending. You know, people that just go out and, you know, spend and spend because things keep going up and their money keeps getting worth less. They'll see the opposite effects over time. And uh, we've lost, you know, family moral value of, of economic perspective where, you know, families would have wealth. Now there's individual wealth in families. Mm -hmm. You know, you're you're you don't count your market cap in with your brothers, mothers, and cousins, right? But that used to be a concept. People's houses, families had a crest, had an account, had one value, and would raise each other's ships as the tides would go up individually. We've lost that perspective because of the way money has become. If we start to look at what this currency can do for us, like. I don't know. I don't want to get into like Bitcoin is my religion, but the only thing I believe in anymore is blockchain, is cryptocurrency. It's it, it's unfathomably believable. Yeah, uh, the only thing is volatility scares people off. I think. Well, that's that's because they're sheep. <laughs> yeah, they're sheep. Well, I mean, if you yeah. show sheep an open field, they don't see a fence, and they're like, "Fuck! There's wolves everywhere! Run!" <laughs> that, yeah. And then they go off a cliff. That's that's yeah. sheep, right? They're terrified of freedom, bro. People yeah. are terrified of freedom. You give people a little bit more freedom than they're used to, and they need a scapegoat to blame for shit as soon as they fuck shit up for themselves. Oh, it's the governor's fault. He let me do it. <laughs> Man, people just, they, I don't know. They can't, it, so over time as we start to see people have more responsibility put on them and uh you know it's going to take fucking 100 years to break the ways that we've been designed and put in the industrial line economy has brainwashed and manipulated people into a linear line of fucking life you know you don't see much entrepreneurship because it's so disincentivized i mean you know you're a small business i don't know about canada but in the u.s it, they tax you out of the ass just for having an employee yeah like employee tax, payroll tax. There's like four different taxes before your, your employee gets their paycheck in their yeah. pocket. Like it's insane. Yeah. So what's the, why would you hire five people and pay five different types of taxes three times over when you could hire two people and force them to work 12 hour shifts and save money? And that's how we see businesses, right? Where you don't necessarily, a lot of people don't even necessarily need 40 hours a week. They can survive on 20 hours a week income but they're forced to work the extra 20 because the businesses don't want to hire an extra person to pay the extra tax on. So mm -hmm. it's just, it's just broken from the whole thing up and down. It's just, it's going to take a while to see it evolve. It's only 10 years. Yeah, man, 10 years. Bitcoin's only 10 years old. It's a baby. It is. Yeah. It's a baby. I mean, what's fiat? The U S dollar is 70, 70 years old. Uh, I'm not sure. Yo, you know what's funny? I wanted to ask you. I want to ask you this. You're a Canadian. Why the fuck's the Queen still on your money? Um, what is up with that though? Like, there's no reason for it. She, the, I think we're we're still we still have uh, British connections. We never had independence. <laughs> got connections. <laughs> yeah, we got connections, man. She's on all of our money. Sounds like you're in uh, currency uh, solitude. <laughs> like it's like an <laughs> economic slavery in Canada when you look at the currency. And you're like, like it doesn't to me as an American when I first saw that I was just like, oh shit, you you have the queen. Then I like, wait, why isn't Justin Trudeau on any of this money? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually wondering if we if we still send money over there, like oh. if we still pay like a tax to them or I don't know. Probably, yeah. Probably. Probably. I just never looked into it. Did you see the interview uh, they put up on Netflix? Uh, 
I can't remember. It's something report. Uh, shit. Anyway, it was on Netflix, and he did an interview with Justin Trudeau, and it was just really, really good. It was funny. It was like a comedy central type interview. Oh, no, I never saw that. Yeah, I didn't realize how much controversy there was up in Canada politically. It's it's not really uh, publicized as much as our drama in the U.S. when it comes to politics. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. It's I don't want to get into too much politics, but Trump has done what he said he's going to do pretty much. Justin Trudeau's just been a fucking lying piece of shit most of the time. Yeah, let's save the environment, but let's get more oil. Yeah, just everybody hates him because he's he basically made all these promises that he lied about when he finally got in. Um, and then everybody that didn't like him in the first place, he's trying to please them, but then they still don't like him. So he's just kind of pissed everybody off. Well, the reason I kind of brought that up, there was a segue to it. There was a, a point to that that uh, topic coming up was we have uh, crypto candidates. You know, we kind of have like the Yang gang and he's kind of like pro crypto and Bernie. And uh, we even have Ron Paul show up to like consensus and talk about blockchain. And it's fucking awesome. So do you have any like crypto politicians like pro crypto? Anybody that you could see like, oh, if they get an office, that's it. Like we're good. I don't think so. Um, I think we had like we have a libertarian party, but they never get any votes. Um, we have we had a pirate party for a while. Um, I don't think they even exist anymore. <laughs> so we've so we've got like we've got four, maybe five political parties in Canada. Um, you've got the two that basically ping pong back and forth to power. You got a third one that gets like I don't know twenty percent of the vote maybe. Um, and then you get the Green Party who gets like one or two um, people in there. I always yeah. thought like the third parties were just a uh, like a false flag. Like one of the other parties has just been like, all right, well, we'll we'll win if we can get these two these two uh, voters to debate on who they're going to vote for. Like, uh, uh, you know what they couldn't. In the U.S., it was like Bernie, Hillary, Trump. And because Bernie and Hillary were running, nobody could pick just Hillary, right? They were, like, divided. So, like, Trump won. So, like, if they had this third party person kind of, like, distracting a good, like, the 20% of voters, there's a better chance for the, one of the other two to really win if they can, uh, you know, kind of puppeteer that narrative. Well, that, yeah, that's kind of what happened in Canada with the last election. So there was one guy who was in power. Nobody liked him. So everybody kind of banded together to vote Justin Trudeau because they just knew that the third party wasn't going to get any votes. So even the people that were that would have typically voted for the third party voted for the second party just kind of because it was the lesser evil. Yeah, that's smart. That was a smarter move for the voters to make, at least, you know, uh, at the time with hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> Perspective is uh, 2020, guys. Um, but yeah, I, I just I wonder if we're going to start seeing more politicians and world leaders use this as a platform to kind of, you know, as publicity stunts or uh, as an attraction. We see topics come up, you know, in, in society and politicians use that as a, as a soapbox platform to kind of springboard off of, you know, topics like climate change or uh, transgenders or, you know, the LGBTQ community, things like that kind of become now marketing campaigns. And as I think crypto kind of increases in that mainstream attention, that could become a, a, a 
big uh, soapbox moment, right, where uh, politicians can't receive X amount of donations, right? They can only receive a specific amount. Well, if, if Bernie Sanders is wearing a Bitcoin T-shirt, how's anybody going to stop people from sending him a lot more than he should receive in, in donations, right? And uh, how would you know if he had a Monero shirt on? So there's a lot of these things I think we're going to see where politicians will realize that this isn't just for shady drug dealers in their mom's basement. This is for shady politicians in their penthouse and they can figure out how to use this in their best interests. Right. That's I think that's what they're waiting for. Right. They're waiting to figure out how do they use this in their best interests before anybody else can. Right. How do we hinder uh, anybody else's involvement before we figure out how do we get our stances and uh it, we're starting to see those things line up really quickly especially i think there was like a bank recently litecoin was like involved in purchasing like the foundation owns like a percentage of a bank yeah and, i think um, so yeah so like we're gonna start seeing things like you know these mergers happening where it's like sort of like a blockbuster start streaming you know kind of testing things out banks start using crypto and yeah. uh people start to realize that you know they can be their own banks. And it's just, it's not just meaning your money's under your mattress. Like what banks can do with money is so empowering that even if you only, if you could earn interest off of your minimum wage income on the, the time you're sleeping and not spending your money, that could change people's lives over a year. You know, that could become, you know, college funds aren't what they used to be. You can't just go and put money aside for your kid's college fund. Doesn't, it's not, there's no incentives anymore. That's why everybody's in debt. There was no incentive to save for college because there was an incentive to just create debt to go there. Uh, as we see different incentives, we'll see different plays being made. <laughs> Identity block, you're killing it, bro. Thanks for being the moderator. <laughs> he's only been a mod for 10 minutes and he's already the best. <laughs> so I guess to kind of wrap things up here, man, anything that you wanted to touch on, talk on, or uh, let people know about uh, you, coin cards, or uh, anything? I know um, you're doing yeah. the DDP, right? Yeah, um, we're going to be, probably, I think it's September 21st, 22nd, somewhere in there in Vancouver, there's going to be a DDP. If you haven't been to DDP, it's probably one of the best times of your lives. It will be. It will be the best. <laughs> I don't care if you have kids. I don't care if you got married. I don't care if you survived uh, your leg being stuck in a mountain. You had to cut it off and you had a movie made after you called 127 hours. I don't care. The DDP will be the best day of your life. Yeah, we've taken our kids to DDPs before. Yo, that was, uh, did you see Kyle? He had his his baby at the DDP. It was so <laughs> yeah. cute. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, and then uh, we're just kind of doing our thing in Canada, um, moving to the States. If you need Amazon, Uber credits, come check us out. Yeah, guys, if you got crypto and uh, you're wondering what can you do with it besides buying drugs on the deep web, because that's what mainstream media said it's all for, you could buy an Uber ride instead. You know, and uh, yeah. Uber Eats. You can get Uber with Bitcoin, guys. And uh, that's that's the best thing you can do. Like, people are like, well, what can I do? You know, what can I do? And I'm like, you can just use it. Just fucking use it. Don't just hold it. The worst yeah. thing that you can do for Bitcoin is hodl. In my opinion, hodling is the death of Bitcoin. You got to use yeah, it. I think so, too. Um, that's why we exist. Um, and I know there's a few competitors out there. We're typically cheaper than all our competitors, too. So... If you're going to use a competitor of ours, come check us out first. Compare the prices. Yeah, dude. Probably cheaper. Oh, oh, shit. Somebody make <laughs> a 
make a Bitcoin kayak or whatever it is. Like when you compare prices on like travel sites and shit, that yeah, would be, be cool. Awesome. That would yeah. be because there's only like two other competitors I could think of. And like you said, they are pretty pricey. I think it's because they have like that legacy and they kind of flex on their users. Like, you know, with movie pass over the fucking months of movie pass, it was like 10 bucks a month. Then it was 15. Then it was 20. And you kind of see the things increasing over time because they kind of have monopolized. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I like about, you know, competition and, uh, you know, more options. I'm not a big fan of monopolies, you know, and I, I'll admit I'm a fan of your competition as much as I'm a fan of you. Like, I just love, I love everything evenly, you know what I mean? Like, and the fact that there are these options out there, it's just, it means a lot, especially when people, you know, they're like, oh, I need to get something to eat or I'm like stuck at the airport. I don't have a ride. Well, here, I'll send you some Bitcoin. Grab yourself a uh, Uber ride on coincards.com and you're good to go. You know, and it, it's it just, I don't know. When people start to see the convenience factors of it, it'll pick up. Same way, like, when people saw the convenience factor of PayPal. And then the inconvenience factor of having their accounts locked and frozen and their money stolen because PayPal is a scam. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I actually got in and started looking into Bitcoin, too, is PayPal locked my account at one point. I was like, oh. Fuck you guys. Were you buying drugs? Because you shouldn't. No. You shouldn't. You should use Bitcoin for that. That's what the news no. told me to do. No. PayPal's awful, dude. I've seen a lot of sex workers have a lot of problems with PayPal, and it's just like straight up stealing their money. Like it's just like a pimp walked into their fucking bank and just said, "I'm gonna take all this money. I know you. I know you, you sucked a lot of dick for this, but it's our money now. We're PayPal. Like fuck you, PayPal <laughs> and Wells Fargo. I think there was a. Brenna Spark, no, uh, Janice Griffin. There was one of these, these A-list celebrity, you know, adult content creators whose bank account with over a million dollars was frozen because against the bank's terms and services, she was a sex worker. Legal. Everything was legal. Taxes and everything on the books. But because that was her job, the bank said, uh, your money's kind of locked and we're going to have to figure everything out. And dude, could you imagine millions of dollars in the bank just locked? No, I can't. You can't, you can, job. you can't unsuck all that dick. Out. You just can't unsuck it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the incentives people are going to start to, you know, see when they see these convenience platforms really not so convenient. And merchants yeah. are going to keep, you know, doing the same when they see these American Express fees and chargebacks and delays. They're just going to eventually get pushed into that corner. These these monopolies keep flexing on them, and yeah. um, you know, and hey, guys, crypto comes into place yep and uh hey guys if you're watching this i want you to let me know in the comments what you bought with bitcoin today go buy something netflix net uh uber uh you got pornhub on coin cards no (laughs) all right well you can't do that yet but eventually uh so mike thanks a lot man for coming on i appreciate your time bro bro yeah thanks for having me man and uh yeah guys check it out coincards.com and uh yeah dude, just fucking use your bitcoin do something with it today and brag about it you have all these people bragging about hodling and doing nothing but staring at their bitcoin in their hardware wallet like oh no no use it give it to somebody and show them how to use it that's the next step give somebody five dollars in bitcoin and show them how to get some uber credits with it that's that's how you can show people how this really works And that's how we get mass adoption. I love you all. Thank you all for tuning in. Big shout out to Identity Block for being the moderator. And yeah, Wells Fargo is like the cartel. Fuck Wells Fargo. Have a day.